Welcome to episode two of Victory, the podcast. Victory! I'm Doug Allen. I'm Kevin Dillon. And we are now going to jump right past the hell of the uh, script, which finally got approved in November 2003. We are on set. First time. Cameras are rolling. And we're at Tom Bergen's. Do you Tom remember Bergen's. that? Yeah, it's one of my favorite spots. I actually had a shamrock. If you're a regular there, they'll put a shamrock up on the ceiling. Yep. So, yeah, it was one of my favorite spots. Awesome. I think you and I have had a few nights there, huh, Kev? Yes, we have, Kev. As a matter of fact, we have. A couple pints of Guinness. <laughs> and by the way, well, it, that wasn't the St. Paddy's Day massacre, was it? Which we'll get we'll to get later. To that no, later. no. That, that was, was the that Irish was, Times. <laughs> that was that was an episode we'll get to later where, uh, where, yeah, yeah. where some of our actors drank on set at work and some things got ugly. And we'll get yes. to that. And it was a but great But I was supposed day. to be drunk. That's you, <laughs> by the way, it's I mean, it's, the acting is so good. By the way, I'm not even trying to know you're drunk, but you're doing it. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is one of the best drunk <laughs> If it's good enough for Peter O'Toole, it's good enough for me. <laughs> so anyway, November 2003, we're shooting at Tom Bergen's. Now, anyone who's listening to this is like, Tom Bergen's, that scene is in a trash can somewhere. So Yeah, didn't make it. Didn't so make the I don't know how you guys felt about it, but my idea was, which it's sad to think how much time I invested in that, and then it was just thrown out, but my idea was that we are in Queens anywhere, and these are four guys that could be anyone. They could be firemen they could be whatever it doesn't matter so i want to reveal that there's a limo outside that there's a bodyguard and that they're doing it but the scene you guys were great but it just there was no life it was an empty bar it was supposed to be like their local pub because tom bergens feels like an irish pub in any great city so i, I love the idea in the beginning but it, it was the right move too yeah the idea made sense yeah. like when you it explained did. it to us like the idea is that these guys are regular guys and then all of a sudden they get out of this limo and you realize that their life is anything but ordinary yeah, which I thought. yeah. and the dialogue is 75% the exact same thing. But obviously, Moro's at Fred Siegel, which I, I think I ate there four days a week at that point. I loved that place so much. It was a perfect spot to show the wish fulfillment, the beautiful women, good-looking men as well. <laughs> By the way, the beautiful women was almost over the top. I mean, that place has got <laughs> yeah. beautiful women. So anyway, we shot this scene at Tom Bergen's. And I don't know, you guys can talk about how it felt going and, you know. Well, I remember there was actually a velvet red rope in this scene at one stage. And we were like behind the red rope. And then I'll, we got rid of that idea. I, that might have been an early draft or something. And I then it was like, just us alone in the bar, which yeah. kind of felt weird too. Yeah. I mean, it feels like I, it's No, what of, Dylan is talking about, sorry to interrupt you, Doug. Yeah, Kev, I remembered what you were talking about. It was almost set up like we were hanging out in a VIP-ish area yes, in, in, an Ir- in the Irish bar. Yes. And then it's like, wow, they really do need the but rope. But it didn't, it didn't it make didn't sense work. with so no we crowd. Did, we did start shooting the scene somewhere else. And then we said, fuck it. Let's just put everybody at the bar, post it up at the bar, drink a beer. Yes. Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's actually a, a pretty bad start because uh, even thinking back at it, it, it was wrong. And, and Chris Albrecht, again, at HBO... He was like, we need to, you know, we want excitement to start this show. And and now, which I did, part of, you know, what I want to talk about here, because Kevin told me to watch the pilot again, which I'm like, I don't need to watch the pilot. I lived this and I have not watched it in years. And going back to look at it, which I know you did as well. Yeah. It really, like, I could watch it with no, you know, like, I'm not involved. And I, wa- I wanted to hang out with these guys. Yeah. I'm like, these are, like, my boys, and, and I want to be young. I want to come to Hollywood with my friends and do this. So that And I, I want to correct something I've said in the past. Uh, in the past, I've said, you know, the uh, 
the pilot wasn't really all that great. <laughs> I was wrong. I rewatched it this morning before it came here. The yeah. pilot was great. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the show I, got even better as yeah. it went along. Well, they but usually do. You start to the find pilot your voice, is but- always theoretically not just Andre. They say that the pilot, with the exception of the Sopranos, probably it's usually like expositional. You're trying to figure a lot of stuff out. Yeah. It yeah. just gets easier. Figure out who the sure. characters are. Yeah, and all that. but like, that being said, I really felt it really worked. The story is very slight in it, which is you know Ari wants E to just do what he says, but it was just these four best friends who are in a place that we all wish we could be with with our friends and, and always and, and live that kind of life forever. And I think that's that's what made it work. No, uh, but is it true that Chris Albrecht said, look, you're picked up and you got to reshoot that first scene, right? Yeah, yeah, we were picked up. But actually the first call was he didn't like the first scene. So then, and we were against, I think, I, I don't want to say it wrong. I think Richard Linklater, who I love, I think it was him. It might not be though, but someone like that good had a pilot also. So we were very panicky because they were only picking up one. Mm. So we got a call. They don't like the opening scene. And I was like, oh, we're, we're dead. But then they called back and said, please come up with another idea for it. And, and we mm. did. But again, like I said, it was mostly the same dialogue. It just was this live place. And let's you know, let's give yeah. it a listen. Good luck, Carlos. See ya. Wow. How come nobody says hi to me? How come you don't say hello to them? This ain't how it works, asshole. Oh, yeah? How's it work? Fucking models. If they were any good, they'd be working in New York. Well, speaking of New York, are we gonna go to that reunion or what? Who cares? The only people I talked to from high school are sitting at this table. We gotta go. Can you a reunion, baby? We? You weren't even in our class. <laughs> I hung out with a lot of those kids. You hang out with them? You sold them weed in the parking lot. You're already like 40. <laughs> <laughs> to me i'm like i watch this now and i'm like these are best friends like there's nobody gonna tell me these guys don't really hang out you know it just feels like it so oh that's too funny i forgot about that line yeah, yeah he's I so know. sour he's like oh they're not real models yeah but it's also and and it's why i say this about your acting you are sour and bitter but you're lovable and the guys you're not a downer to them it's more of like <laughs> yeah. it's fun and it's yeah. enjoyable and it's like whatever so some of the most memorable scenes for me i always liked and you know obviously it was a wishful fulfillment show but i always loved how we met in the kitchen for breakfast <laughs> yes for like a gourmet breakfast and did like a wrap-up of the night before and it was all <laughs> yeah and and this in the pilot this is when you know when i knew that kevin that that kevin was going places in this show this is after the premiere we're like talking about the night before eating a famous Johnny Drama breakfast. Here it is. Morning, Walker. Morning, guys. What's up? How'd it go last night, boy? What do you want to play by play? I fucked like a puma. <laughs> My girl went nuts. He- when Kevin said I fucked like a puma, I knew we were. Yeah. In and by the way, it's weird because I'm like I think about that line. I know it was scripted, but I I might have added that in once I saw Dylan because I it's such a strange. Um, drama way to describe things and you know one of the interesting things i think it was a late add-on it might have been in a, like the last page no but it was said. definitely in the script oh, no, because was, i yeah. remember listen every remember. syllable was no in but the i mean script. like yeah, it might have come in the salmon pages you know but i think one thing to talk about even when i listen to that scene and when i watched it the other day because so many people asked me you know online like could this show be made today and when i watch that scene now and it was very very important to me from minute one 
and people can say whatever they want. These guys are misogynist. These guys are nasty. This show, how I went about selling it, so it wasn't a, just a Hollywood show. Is there's nothing. This is before The Hangover. This is before mm-hmm. some of Judd Apatow's great movies. The way I wanted to make the show is these are guys who talk like real guys talk. These are friends. They're not predators. They're not animals. But they talk like guys talk. And and it's even listening to that scene right now. I'm not sure that. You could get away with that in a half-hour comedy right now. Some of the lines, Jerry's is probably especially. Yours is kind of benign, but Jerry's is a little like he's talking about, what, if she has mental illness or whatever, and she was <laughs> molested by her uncle, but it was You're just, not hot enough. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. that one right there is... <laughs> but, you know, uncle it's... uncle watches her shower? Yeah, no, he doesn't go over it too well. There's a whole bunch of movies that wouldn't fly. It wasn't just us. Yeah. Well, again, I'm not, I'm not even saying I don't even want to go into that because we never did anything that was that harsh. I still think this type of show could go and you have young guys talking like young guys. Nobody's raping anybody. Nobody's suggesting you should assault anybody. I agree. 100%. But, you know, but 16 Candles, he gives a drunk girl. And we had Anthony Michael Hall on the show, but the guy, Jake, gives a drunk, passed out woman as a gift to Anthony <laughs> yeah. Michael Hall. And this was like a commercial comedy aimed at teenagers. It's bizarre. And I'm mm. comfortable with everything. And we'll get to one day. I know it's almost I get so many messages about the Jess Mancini line. Oh that God. was a harsh line, but people love that line. Yes. And and yeah, it would be tough to write that. It's today. funny if that if one line were to come to mind where I would I that pops out at me that I wonder if it would fly. It would be Jess Mancini. Yeah, but we'll wait till we. Right, we'll we'll get to that. We'll wait. Uh, is there a real Jess Mancini out there? There's not a real Jess Mancini. Okay, I thought and, there and was. we'll we'll get to how that line came about when okay. we get to that episode, which I can't remember off the top of my head what it was. But so then we moved on from. The pilot and um, at that scene at Morris, and we get to the premiere where, you know, we've got one of Mark's real friends in there, Henry Penzi, which I, I love yes, that. I love, I love that moment when, and again, establishes it. Vince brings drama in with him to the paparazzi. This is my brother. And Henry Penzi, who's not, wasn't an actor. He's Mark's friend, but he was great because he says, do you remember? He says, uh, hey, Vince's brother, he calls you. <laughs> <laughs> like, what shows have you been in? And you see it yeah. on your face, like. You don't know? Yeah, but <laughs> I, mean, well, I think you were like, I've been in a lot of shows, bro. Like, you're <laughs> devastated that, like, this guy has no idea who you are, but it it also solidified... That must be a hack if he doesn't know what shows up. Right. But it solidified the idea that that Vince is going to bring every, everyone together, you know, and that's, that's the point of this show. He's going to bring in the loyalty, and he's going to keep it all together. The Entourage Pilot House. Perfect. Was a great house. Yeah. We loved it. It was I mean, great. It was, they had yeah. the pool. Kenny, Kenny Griswold's house. I mean, yeah, you Kenny, know, great the, guy in, too. the indoor pool from Cocoon. I don't know what other movies it's yeah. been in, but you know, it was really, it was wish fulfillment at the highest level. And the scene we, we, at the pool, I remember that day, Jerry was very sick. Yeah. And the pool wasn't heated. It was yeah. like freezing cold. It was pool. freezing cold. But I remember that day. That was the day that I was looking through the lens, watching you guys have a good time. And as weird as it sounds, the show that I'm writing and producing, I was watching it like I was watching a television show and just going, oh my God, like I want to, I want to go over there. I want to yeah. hang out with these guys. And, and really it all sparks back to the same thing. And in, in the scene where, Vince gets that $4 million offer, which is before that, the excitement on everybody's face. And Jerry, like, there's no jealousy. It's all like we're all in this together. And and that was really the big theme of the show. And would their loyalty to each other fuck up 
this guy's potentially huge career. So, mm-hmm. And yeah. to get to the golf scene, I write this scene that they're going to hit golf balls off the roof, which, by the way, is insane. I mean, you know, one of the most unrealistic, crazy things like anyone could do because you could easily have killed somebody. But yes. we could have gotten killed, too, because you put us right next to the edge. Let's, let's play that, let's play that a scene. a little reverse pivot. I caught a lot of slack from my golf buddies. Let's play it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't really follow Dylan through. did not like his swing. All right, let's hear the scene. <laughs> oh! Oh, that's 300 bones plus. <laughs> I hit it off the toe. Man, next time, aim west. I don't need Ed Bagley rolling up here in his electric car again. Chris Henchy line right there. Sorry, driver. Look, all right, Vince will be a star no matter what. It was predestined, all right? The kid's a triple threat. He's got the look. He's got the talent. He's got the head. The what? The head? The big head? You guys telling me you don't know this? The bigger the head, the bigger the star. <laughs> You're such an idiot. Bruce Willis, big head. Russell Crowe, big head. Arnold Schwarzenegger, big head. Schwarzenegger. Vincent Chase, big, big head. How's my head? <laughs> Not so big, but your ears are huge, if that helps you out at all. <laughs> this, is, I think, was the first bump in the road we all hit as uh, we, we, actors with the creators. Yeah. This is our first first scene, right? Isn't it? Yeah, let's, or, yeah this is one of the first scenes. Very early on, yeah. And, and just before we get to Kevin Dillon, like lumping me in with a lot of people, uh, cause he, I don't think Kevin Dillon had any idea who I was, to be honest with you, while we were, while I was trying to throw him notes and there were about four other people too. But listening to Jerry there, like how real and raw his he New York still sounds Brooklyn, is like New, stronger Brooklyn than New York accent and everything. And you know, it's amazing through the eight years how Jerry kind of transformed, like, yeah. you know, his body and his, and his voice and it all, which, is real. It's a guy in LA who was really a street kid from New York and, and sort of developed. That scene, as Kevin Dillon is talking about, you can see how particular he is. He didn't like that he couldn't use his full golf swing. So he didn't <laughs> think he was looking right, which I didn't give a shit what his golf swing looked like. I just wanted to hear the dialogue. But well, I'm an avid golfer, as you know, and we were so close to that edge. If I followed through, I was afraid I would fall off the cliff. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty dangerous up there. Listen, it's your golf swing. You got to let a rep to protect. But remember at Wingfoot, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get yelled at by all my uh, buddies right. back there. Right. But, but what so, was the line that started there? Because you guys got into an argument over, it started with like I, the, an inflection on a line. Anybody remember what it was? I don't think it was the inflection of line. No. I think the problem was when we first started on, you know, none of us really know how it works. And listen, I, I, I wrote it and I feel like I know what I want people to say. And David's interpreting it as an actor and Lev's interpreting my words the way he sees yeah. it. And Dylan's interpreting his words. So we're all kind of like throwing things out. And I just remember, because this it's kind of like this beautiful LA day. We're in this gorgeous place. Look at this thing. They're hitting gobbles. Next thing I know is like, get your fucking act together or something, meatheads. He calls us all meatheads. <laughs> I was joking around and they're all standing around the monitor whispering, right? About God, oh, God don't knows what we're doing. Yeah. And I'm like, look at that group of meatheads. I, I was joking around. I'm like, look at that bunch of meatheads. I was also at the moment, I was pissed also because <laughs> we didn't even really have a plan for how this was going to work. As far as I was oh, concerned, man. I was going to tell people like what to do. And, and there's a director there. There's another yeah. executive producer there who, who you know. But so, at the end of the day, I mean, as industry standard, the showrunner makes the final call and does it. That would have been you at the time. Maybe you're still getting your footing, but it well, was by the a way, lot of like by the way, we're literally the, one direction's 180 degrees. But by yes. the way, we're, we're shooting a pilot and actually we forgot about that. I worked on this script for a year and a half and then like kind of like a weird thing. I had to hire a boss because I was never involved with a TV show. So they obviously didn't think I knew what I was doing. So I'm supposed to meet with these genius writers and stuff, but I didn't know I was actually bringing in 
a guy who was supposed to be above me. It well, was like, it, yeah. for the audience listening, you know, when it's a first time showrunner in season two, he goes away. And that's right. exactly what happened there. But right. you weren't having anything from him from day one. But also, I don't <laughs> think anyone, I think people thought I was a little crazy. So I don't think they explained that to me properly. I think they were like, you should bring in this guy. He'll, he'll help. Like, oh, I almost thought it was an assistant, but he was <laughs> the next day. I know he's taken over. So we were yelling. A lot of people were yelling things yeah. at, at Dylan and <laughs> we'd never, I mean, I barely well, know you. I felt like I was doing it for not just for me, but for the other three actors because they hadn't done as much as I did. So I was trying to be the voice. Of, right. You guys got to get your act together. Right. And have right. one person give us direction. Right. We're getting it from all sides. So right. I was trying to. And by the way, you're somewhere everyone. in there, he called you a meathead. Yeah. And yes, I might have done that. Some feelings got hurt. Some feelings got hurt when it really was a joke. I don't even know if the feelings got hurt. I think it was really like, and you got to remember, while this pilot's going on, this pilot, which we haven't talked about, was not a high budget for HBO at the time. We shot the entire thing in less than five days. It's five is, days, exactly. Which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. So we were doing things. Jeremy walking out of the Ivy, that was an unpermitted scene, which HBO will now, will now know about. But we literally took the camera, got in my wow. car. Jeremy walked into the Ivy. I said, make a reservation and walk out and do the scene with a, with a mic on. And he almost got hit by a car, which wow. would have been <laughs> the end of it. But so we're making a thing with really under very stressful circumstances. So when we were sitting there and we're debating between five of us how we want him to say a line, it's understandable why you got upset. But I'm also getting upset because I'm trying to say, in my opinion, I know what I want and like, let's try to get it that way. So it is yeah. it is a, yeah. a funny thing. But like I said, if, if Dylan called David Chase a meathead. I mean, he's getting he's getting executed the next day, you know? So I think instantaneously, we also sort of were like, we kind of were guys who would have grown up together and would have had these little fights like brothers where it was kind of gone These quickly. These are growing pains. Yeah. And yeah. we're all trying to figure it out. Yeah. We didn't have any problems after about season three. Remember, I remember one time, uh, the, whoever the line producer was like, I want you guys to think of this as like a little independent film. We all looked at each other like, uh, wrong. That's not <laughs> what I signed that, up for. That's yeah. not what I signed this is up for, bro. This isn't TV. It's HBO. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was stressful. And I mean, you know, it's also like you've been working on a script so long and then you start hearing things, whether you're right or wrong, differently than you thought and you start to panic. And then we're rushing through things where I'm not even sure I got what I wanted. By like the end of the <laughs> of the four days, I'm like, I don't even know what we have here. I have no idea like what this show is going to look like once we put it together. But Kev, you knew more people. Kev's been around. I know Kev was a little more sensitive to it at first. Me, I was just trying not to get fired. But <laughs> in the first episode, you know, we took the shot at Vince Vaughn, right? I yeah. remember not thinking much of it. And I remember Dylan, not that you were uncomfortable with it. it. You did. You were like, but I. Well, I know Vince and he's a great guy. And I didn't yeah, want to. But, but let's, know. since I wrote it, let's go back to the fact. The fact is the reason Vince was named Vince was because I loved Vince Vaughn. Yeah. When I started the show, before Vince Vaughn really blew up into a huge movie star. I wanted Vince Vaughn to be Vince. Like mm -hmm. that, that almost seemed realistic in 2001 when I started. So I wasn't even really trying to slight him. I just was more about the joke that the guys were playing, but yeah. I understood why it was a problem. And Kevin, you, you have to tell how it actually comes into real life, which happened many times when things we said on the show. Right. You know, it's the pilot. So we don't know that A, it's either going to get it picked up. And if it mm -hmm. does get picked up, then anybody's going to see it. <laughs> so at the time I could sense that Dylan was uncomfortable, but 
what, like, what am I going to say? No, I'm not saying that line. I, I didn't want to get into that. Did I pass it over to you? No, it was I- my, no, because he was with, remember Turtles, like, Kristen's fucking Vince Vaughn. I'm like, Vince Vaughn, <laughs> that puffy motherfucker. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that was my line, though, at one stage. I no, you want- said the line. Oh, I did. Okay. No, I said the line. It's oh. my line. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that like, okay. Right. Okay. right, because I know this because oh, yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah. I had gotten along with Vince Vaughn. I didn't know that the show was on the radar. And right. then he fucking gave me the big giant freeze out. And well, so what happened? To me Tell your years. Vince Vaughn song. I, I, I had it, like Kev said, Vince always was a great guy to me. And I he and I had a good relationship and I ran into him. And I'm like, wow, this guy is not talking to me. I mean, I know when wow. somebody's not talking to me. Yeah. And then it dawned on me that he had seen the show. You don't know who's watching the show. Right. I mean, the pilot. It escalated quickly and it and it turned into a big thing and and but at the time it seemed innocent enough. It really wasn't. I always tell people yeah. that Doug was a huge Vince Vaughn fan, like uh, ironically, the, like obsessed with Vince Vaughn. You know, yeah, like yeah. loved, loved, loved. So I was. Whereas others that we will get into, yes. we were negative about it. I mean, yes, Connolly started a fifteen year war with Stephen Dorff, who's still uh, like that. You're by the way, about- Kevin <laughs> Dillon speaking of the devil took it upon himself to try to patch things up between me and Stephen Dorff. Oh, really? Well, I, I like Stephen. He's a great guy. <laughs> I don't know Stephen. He's like, you guys still got, uh, you guys over this thing yet? Let's talk about it. I was like, Kevin, I want to fucking kill you, bro. Yeah. I was but so we'll, uncomfortable. But we'll get in because there were a couple of people we, we over the years, only a few that we kind of made negative comments about. I that- just never gave it much thought. And I always knew that Dylan was on to it. And then Dylan's like, you're going to run into these people. And I was like, yeah. I don't know that, but they're not going to watch the show. Then the show took off and it became a different thing. But at first I was like, bro, this is a pilot. It's funny though how the behind the scenes goes like that because, you know, you think you're going to write the script and then the actors are going to come and do it, but they actually do have to go into real world, yeah. real life and and go, you know? And uh, Did you have to get names cleared? Pilot name was Sarah Lum, right? Sarah Lum. Dim Sum Lum. Dim Sum Lum. Yeah, that, that we have to clear. If you're actually making a reference to like a, a person who's not a public figure, then you have to clear it. Sarah Lum, who we love, who actually read every draft of the script probably 500 times, worked for Lev. She was great. And I asked her if we could use her name in that scene, which Kevin Connolly and I are shooting till like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it was a long one. And it's just, it's, it wasn't working. I mean, and it was like, to me, it was the scene of the real friendship and the, really the idea of the whole episode is that, that, that E is going to be in charge because Vince wants him to be. And it just was not working. And I, I, I was sitting there. I didn't know, even know what to do. I'm like, maybe it, I wrote it bad. It just, it's not good. And I think I, I remember Adrian at one stage looked over at you, Kevin, and was like, we got to do something, man. <laughs> is that the scene? Yeah, I was going like, to say. We, we, we got to figure this out. We got, we got to do something. I mean, yeah. we did 25 takes and there was one, they just kept getting worse with every take. Oh and and then way, we got one take and it was like, that's a wrap. Everybody go it, It's By the way, and it's, it's such a, a it's such an interesting thing because it is this process that, you know, you have this script and then you get the right actors and then something's not working. And I, I really, to this day, can't tell you what it was because I don't think I, I, I gave any direction and maybe David Frankel said something. But all of a sudden, I'm sitting there and I was mesmerized as if, like, I wasn't on a movie set. Like, I was watching two best friends talk about going to their high school reunion and I was like, this is freaking magical. That's I remember wow. saying it. I'm like, this is like, this show is going to go and this is going to be like that show about friends that people are going to want to watch. So, but if we ran out of time we would have been stuck with some shit that just did not did not work with the exact same words and the, what was and the, the right fix? what was the fix there well, also been- too do you remember doug certain point i go over and i i get a, a glass of water from the sink <laughs> and i was wanting yes, to use so the New filter York. spigot doug and, and, and so it, and it had like a little nozzle so i'm like 
my chest all puffed out, but I'm turning this little <laughs> this little <laughs> nozzle to get the clean water. And Doug's like, you just, I don't know, you look like a nerd. You don't look cool. I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. Well, I said, Here's you're a guy regular, from Queens. Yeah. You're not worried about filtered water. Best water in the world. And by I the way, I said, the water is garbage. You said, Kevin, you smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. You think a glass <laughs> of tap water is going to hurt you? I was like, all right, good point. And, and we're also and, talking and, 2003 before water, like water is like the yeah. thing. I'm like, dude, you're, you're like a man. Just put your face. I, I think I wanted you to put your face under the faucet. I mean, I don't even remember. But, but there was. Remember when Adrian did that scene? <laughs> he took his fingers and he stuck it in the sh- the sugar bowl and started yeah. eating sugar. Yeah, I also sugar. I, I also remember that scene. Maybe we play that line, and Connolly Connolly won't even remember this, but I remember Connolly. Who listen? He's a handsome guy, and we all love him. He he's got to say, "If I had your face," and and Vince says, <laughs> "You don't." And I I I know this guy like a book already. He's like, "Are you out of your fucking mind? Like, what are you talking about?" Which we didn't even get to the to the casting of that because I was like, I was so obsessed with the casting, and I'm like, when we have Connolly and Adrian, I'm like. You know, Connolly's good looking too. Like, how are we going to feel like we're differentiating between the movie star? And then this kid who was assisting Eric, he clipped together their auditions and put them, which is, seems Adrian very simple. Adrian was in Mexico and I was, you know, oh, really? Adrian, Adrian didn't even want to wow. do it. But I saw them play off of each other from their auditions wow, clipped together. Wow. And it was like, I get it. Not that Adrian's better looking than you. I mean, whatever. But uh, <laughs> See, he's better looking than you. Come yeah, on. Way better personality. Way better personality. You kill him with charm. Yeah, but it was, uh, you know. That, Definitely a more charming than him. That, that anyway. scene. And then also, which I looked back at it, you know, my initial thought for E, Joe Pesci was in my head. Like a 25-year-old Joe Pesci. Like yeah. A, yeah. a real, like, scrappy, ready to go at any time. And we had an actress not show up that day. She just was wow. like, I'm not Who coming. Who was it that didn't come? Was it Gina Gershon. She oh, said Gina she didn't Gershon. realize oh, she was wow. playing herself. And we're all standing around. We don't have an actor. And Adrian called Ali wow, Larder. I remember that. Wow. Thank God saved us. But Kyla, you go like... Uh, uh, what did you, what is your line? I wish you saw, but you're like, what are you, what are you looking at me for? It actually sounds like Pesci. And <laughs> the reason I just brought that up, when we go into the Bose headset thing, which I watched, I'm like, how does anyone say E is not tough? He's like going off on Turtle. Oh, he's I thought ripping it was Turtle. a little mean, though. I, I you were I ripping like, him. I love it. I don't know. We did a bunch of takes of that. I was like, dude, I don't know. I don't want to fucking yell at the guy. And like what that. did I say to <laughs> you? Well, you pissed me off. I was really yelling at you, bro. Because <laughs> I, I kept saying, go at him harder. And to yes, me, that's how friends go because it's a joke. And, and the capping off of that scene where you're laughing your ass off at it and you look at him and go, you're next. And Dylan's face is just like, <laughs> like, like you're going to kill him or something, you know? And it's, uh, it's great. The end beat of the pilot of Entourage is phone rings and it's, well, what was that? Colin Farrell's doing Matterhorn. Hope you know what you're doing, pizza boy. <laughs> and you, whether or not you like the pilot, you're like, all right, well, I just got to now see what, now you just, Want to see what and happens. By the way, and then Lucifer plays Jay-Z, which Scott Venner, who's my friend, he wasn't even, he didn't even work in the business, but we were sitting in his car and I think that album just came out and he played me that song weeks before we even shot. I'm like, oh my God, I know that this is the song. I know where it goes. I know how this scene ends. Wow. And ultimately Scott like became our music guy, but he wasn't yeah. even in it. And Scott, we should, we should talk about because he watches the pilot like in a room, sits there, doesn't laugh once. We can all hate on him a little bit because he could give a shit. I think he could give a shit what the content of the show was. All he cared about was the music. But I go, I go, what? I mean, I've never seen someone hate something so much. He goes, the music is so bad. I can't even watch this. I oh mean, my God. so that was our first pass of the music, but Scott didn't really 
become the music guy, but he was feeding me stuff for the first season or two and had such a great ear for music. But he played me that Lucifer thing and it just works amazingly. Oh, yeah. You know, I hope you know what you're doing and, and all that. And Dylan's line of about Colin Farrell, he's like, he's good. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> yeah. great. I want to, I want to just jump back for a minute because this is actually a, a good story. And it was, it was one of the moments where I knew also that we had a show and I want to know. I don't think I've ever told you this, Kevin, and I don't know whether you thought there was anything to this, but there's a line that I know was, uh, it was almost a throwaway line, little sitcom joke line. See any parts in there for me, bro, in the kitchen scene? Did you have like, and I, I want to hear your thought on it, but I'll tell you what happens first. So like I said, I've done 30 drafts of this script. I work with an executive there who, who I, I loved, Sarah Condon. But um, she she could. But for the audience, right? When you do a show, the network, in this case HBO, they assign a creative executive that is there representing them. Right. So that's like the HBO representative, who is Sarah Condon, worked on a bunch of shows, but she was one of our main gals at HBO that had notes and whatnot. Yeah. So she would give me the comments. So we're shooting that scene, and I remember that line comes up, which you encapsulated everything that Johnny Drama would would be, whether it was even in the script yet, I don't know. But Sarah Condon looked at me, who I'd been working with for two years to get this script right, and she said, and she may deny that she said this, but she goes, I may actually watch this show. And the reason behind it was, because in that one line, you brought everything out that made people go, I'm going to root for this guy. I want to see him win. I want to see the victory. So did that line have, like, was there anything to it to you that... Yeah, I thought that that was the key line. And... I never really, never really saw it as the joke for drama. That's he is so obsessed with making it big. That was a really important line for him. And and, and that's why I say because I really did. I feel good about the writing I did on this show. But when you get the right cast, that line it, it really was. It was heartbreaking. And you watch it, you're like, wow, this fucking guy has gone through some shit in one line yeah. that you really a- expressed it, but you weren't. An asshole. You weren't well, a user. I could have thrown it away. I could, right. Hey, any parts in here for me, bro? Right. You know, exactly. Do something like that. Right. But I wanted, I wanted to make it sincere or something he really, right. really wanted. Right. And it's also why you see that, like I said earlier, you're the mother. You are like mm-hmm. making food for everybody. You yes. are looking out for everybody. And, and that's, that's why the character really, and I think a lot of the stuff that I started writing after that was because I found Kevin Dillon. And I think a lot of times people don't understand you, you, you write a show. And then you see what works. And again, for me, fortunately, I had five guys, which we haven't talked about Jeremy at all, which we should talk a little yeah, bit I mean, about. Yeah, I mean, he came in. When we started shooting, he wasn't even cast yet. You guys are still trying to figure that yeah. out. Yeah, and what's so interesting, I mean, Jeremy, and I don't know how I incorporate Kevin into this conversation, but I wrote Jeremy in to my first outline. He's the only one that I didn't need to audition because I knew him from Larry Sanders, which Larry Sanders is also an interesting show for everyone to watch because Bob Odenkirk was the inspiration for Ari. He was the agent on Larry Sanders. I loved him so much. And I was like, that started in my head until you you find your own character. But I wanted Piven so badly. I just, I, I, I don't know. There was something that I saw that I felt I could write for him. And the coy scene with Kevin and, and Jeremy was just like, I mean, every take we did where there was stuff earlier when you're working with four guys in a scene that are moving a lot because that was kind of what we wanted to do. We wanted this to feel like almost like a documentary. We didn't want it to feel like a TV show, which back then, you know, it was lots of talking heads. We wanted it to feel like a movie. We wanted to shoot it cinematically. We wanted it to feel like it was a big thing. And this was the scene with these two guys sitting at the table that set up the 
The, Listen, he ate 25 pieces of yellowtail sushi at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, he might have gotten mercury poisoning that day. <laughs> Wait, while the soup was going, he ate all that? Yeah, I mean, he was eating it. I was like fucking futzing around with a miso soup because I didn't want to. <laughs> Jeremy was shoving and the sushi down the dinner. With people like you, I don't do it. I don't do this. Do you think Hugh Jackman calls me up and goes, hey, all right. Listen, love the script, but I got to run it past my pizza boy. I've been doing this for 15 years, okay? What the hell do you know? Come on. Come on. I know that two years ago, you were the asshole that wouldn't call Vince back. I also know, Ari, I'm telling you, you ever fucking talk to me like that again, I will slap that grin right off your face. You're going you're gonna to get street on me now? Is that what you're going to do? And the scene is really so good, and you see how things Great change. Scene. Because I, I write this line just because it's funny. Like, ask me who I'm fucking, and, and you go... Mrs. Ari, and he laughs in his face. As we know, Ari was never a cheater on his wife. Like, mm-hmm. he was a like family guy and a good guy. But when I'm writing a pilot, I wasn't thinking, you know, what's going to happen in episode two. I'm like, let's just write something funny. And I think uh, in that scene, too, like I was saying with you in that line, you just saw the the battle that these two were going to basically have for eight seasons. And it went mm-hmm. on basically like that. That gave us the kind of the drive for the business aspects of the show. And one of the things I wanted to add that I always thought was funny about, like, the Johnny drama of it, most actors should wish they had the fucking resume of Johnny drama, (laughs) which is the ironic thing. Pull up Johnny drama's IMDB and it'll fucking blow the doors off of everybody around (laughs) him. He's got a big list, big list of movies. Well, he can always he answer. One part, one line here. Yeah, one whatever. You, you have Scott, 500 but. television. Johnny Drum has 500 <laughs> TV credits under his belt, multiple yes. films. Well, that, and he played uh, a couple TV a, series. A Colombian guy in, uh, <laughs> in right. Medellin. Oh, that that's, that's, that's one of my favorite moments. But in the pilot where, you know, Vince, we see, is a little insecure. Can I play a cop? And then drama comes right in and is like, yeah, it's cop, play the cop ain't easy, bro. You know? And, you know, it's, again, doesn't have that bitter thing to it, but he's kind of listing his resume and says he you know he did four episodes of blue which we find yeah, out yeah. was pacific, pacific blue, blue not nypd blue but <laughs> which uh, i actually have done three episodes of <laughs> nypd have? blue yes oh nypd blue yes, yes. Not, not pacific blue was there really a pacific blue or i thought you yeah, made no, it was mario think, lopez no it was mario lopez oh, okay, and, okay. like they're yeah. riding around on bikes in santa monica up with that <laughs> I was blanking whether there was a real show, but yeah, I remember it. Again. Well, the pilot had our pretty much our first walk and talk at yeah. the, on the lot when Good we were walking Kevin. by, and, and Mark Wahlberg kind of passes us. Right and, now, Kevin Dillon. Well, Kevin, explain the walk and talk to the audience. Well, the walk and talk is kind of makes your day go short because you get bang out five, four or five pages in one shot. Four guys, camera following you. It's got to be perfect. If one guy screws up. You're going back to one. When you're shooting, especially a comedy, you're putting four actors in a room, you have your jokes. If their timing's off, if you don't like what they're doing, if you shoot it from 15 different angles, you have a lot of things that you can cut and you can change it. And you can really change their performances, which a lot of actors hate. What I love is that these guys are doing that performance and it's real and Mm -hmm. it's organic. And once I get to the editing room, if it's not good, I'm fucked. There's nothing I can do. Now, Kevin Dillon will talk about this like, like a little Johnny drama when he first started doing it. I hated it. (laughs) Hated it. He's like, I got to do 12 activities while I'm trying to do my dialogue. Well, yeah, but my biggest problem is that I felt you might lose the comedy. It's you're on such a wide shot. Right. And a lot of the comedies in the face. Right. You and I felt like saying you were losing they should some be stuff. on me. They right. should be on me. Yes. They Kevin, should be close right in here. I live Kevin, in here. Kevin said that to me. First thing he says to me in the pilot, I was like, ah, I was saying it's something to Frank. I was like, I don't know. And, and Dylan goes, 
Kevin, they're going to be on me. <laughs> <laughs> but by the way, they're listen, be on me, bro. when you see a close-up of, of Johnny Drama's face, you get a lot out of that. When you have four guys walking, you sometimes don't get that. But my feeling from the beginning was... This is going to be a show that people are going to watch again and again. And they're going to, if they miss the line the first time, they're going to get the second time. Yeah. Whether that's the right move or not, I wanted this to be a really fast half hour. And mm-hmm. I wanted to feel real. And one of the best things and worst things somebody ever said to me was like, at the beginning of the show, people, some people, because they didn't know the actors, they thought it was a documentary. They were like, this is not scripted. Yeah. Who is, because Adrian looked like a movie star. They're like, who is this guy and what's happening? And people would ask me if there were scripts, which is partly offensive and partly awesome. Yeah, no, you it's know? a great compliment. And as far as for the actors, you go... I got guys who can do five pages of dialogue in one take. Yeah. And the only take snappy. we can use. Make it quick is and that. snappy. That's and... kind of what I used to say all the time is speed it up, yeah. speed it up. And so. I would, I would actually put it all on, on a tape and I would do everyone's other, everyone's lines real fast and I'd get mine in quick just to get that really quick snappy thing. You know, there was Sex in the City, which, which was a great looking show, but there weren't a lot of half hour shows that looked like a movie. And that was important to us from the, the get-go and it's funny looking back at it now we're talking 2004 i remember when i went to hbo and wanted to shoot this show in widescreen well that's what i was going to say you wanted to shoot in widescreen so you could yeah. fit us all in the frame yeah, yeah. we wanted to shoot a widescreen so i fit them all in the frame and i said you know in five years everyone's gonna have a big giant television and they're gonna want to see it <laughs> like that they're not gonna want to see the, the frame clip and i remember by the way joey with matt leblanc was playing in widescreen on nbc but People at HBO looked at me like, this isn't Citizen Kane. I don't know who you think you are. But to wrap up the pilot, because I I think this is a good ending, was the night before the pilot aired, someone from HBO called me up and said, listen, we do artistic, intelligent stuff here. Tomorrow morning, you probably don't want to wake up and start reading reviews. Now, I've done a couple of movies that reviews have said things like it was unreleasable (laughs) and like who possibly could have greenlit this movie but i got that call and i didn't sleep the whole night and i couldn't believe it and then i woke up which all i cared about at that particular moment was the new york times and because my parents were going to read it and the new york times said we were the smartest show on television and that was that was uh 2004 i guess that point it was 2004 that's it episode two the pilot of uh entourage on victory the podcast and again i'm doug ellen at mr doug ellen on instagram uh kevin dillon instagram kevin dillon official victory